This episode is brought to you in part by Zondervan, publisher of Ghosted, an American story, written and narrated by New York Times best-selling ghostwriter Nancy French, and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. What if I told you that at the Last Supper, Jesus taught us how to think about text messaging? This is Device and Virtue. Hey, welcome back to Device and Virtue, where we argue the wrongs and rights of technology and faith in everyday life. Coming to you from Chicago, I am Chris. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Chris, uh, wait just a sec. Really? Yeah. No, I gotta. I, gotta I just fit. delivered the entire I gotta, opening. I gotta, I gotta finish this text. I'm sorry. You're texting? Yeah, just a sec. Just a sec. Are you texting? Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. I'm done. Gosh. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Uh, hey, I'm Adam, and uh, hey, uh, Chris, I just uh, I just sent you a text. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, we're we're talking about that's what it says. We're talking what, what, about we're, we're, t- yeah. we're talking about texting today, aren't we? Yeah. Okay. All right. I am fully present. I'm here. Yeah. Let's Can go. You please be here. Yes. I'm sorry. I uh, I got sucked into my phone, and it took me a little bit to get back. This is the entire issue. That we want to talk about today, which is how does texting affect how we're present, right? As people, this just happened to me. Like the other You're day, welcome. I was sitting in front talking with my friend uh, Colin. We were on the back porch of my house. Uh, I think we were just having a beer. We're sitting out, hanging out. And he asked me, you know, we, we chit chat for a while. And he asked me, like, hey, how did the last week go? And I, th- in, we're at the point in the conversation where it turns to like being a little more serious. Yeah. So right. I think like, oh, this is actually, you know, some stuff that happened that was a little hard, some stuff that I was anxious about. So I start mm-hmm. like answering honestly <laughs> back to him. And he goes, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I <laughs> look up <laughs> and, he, you know, he had said uh-huh and just slightly uh-huh. the wrong spot. You know what I'm saying? Like where it's like that didn't make uh-huh. any sense to say uh-huh. Stop it. You're doing it. <laughs> and uh, and I realized like he's not paying attention. His thumbs are moving and his eyes are down on his screen. Right. He's texting. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, and that's I, so terrible. I hate it. Like, it's so I was terrible. just like being a little. I would be so mad right now. So then. here's what I do in these situations at this point. I just like stop talking. Right. Like, mid-sentence. Yeah. I just shut just up. Don't like, even silent. care. And he's still... All of a sudden, he's in, in silence. Just wait like, for da, da, it. Da, da, wait da, da, for da, da, da. it. And then he looks up and he goes, "Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, I had you. I had, I had you." <laughs> I'm like, "No, you didn't. You, <laughs> you did no not. idea you... what I'm saying. You get this. This happens to yeah, us, right? It really does. It feels, it feels like there's sort of an etiquette, but we haven't really quite figured it out yet. And maybe, but also like people aren't totally aware because it like it just interrupts right, right then and there, and it just like your attention is there and you forget to even be polite or say, Hey, I need to take this or anything. It's just like, boom. See, I want to think I'm really good at it, but I might not be. Uh, I want to think everyone else is bad and then I'm good. You know, maybe that's naturally, not the case. Naturally. Although I have been, I've had the Apple watch recently and I've started to get stupid with that one. Cause normally with my phone, I'm trying to be careful if I'm talking to you. You started to get stupid. Yeah. I've, I'm, normally if I'm, I'm trying to talk to you, see, I caught that, but I'm going to ignore it. <laughs> Um, you know, I'm talking to you. I'm going to try not to look at my phone and even read the text at the same yeah. time because that'll pull my head yeah. into it. Well, but my phone, my my watch has started to slap my wrist. It does that little tap thing on your wrist. And so I found myself suddenly looking down yeah, yeah, yeah. when I was in a conversation. Then I read it and then I am gone a little bit. 
Yeah. Well, that happened last time we were uh, getting ready to record. <laughs> That's true. Uh, it happened to you. I saw it. I was like, you got to turn that thing off. Right. Yeah. And I you know. told me I was not wrong. That was the first time ever <laughs> you said I wasn't wrong. You didn't tell me I was right, but you told me I wasn't wrong. So this whole thing with texting and attention and presence, which are two words that I think you and I are going to use over and over for yeah. the next little bit here. Yeah. What does it mean to yeah, be we, present with someone? What does it mean to attend? Right. We talk we talk a lot about like being distracted by our smartphones, right, right. but it really is a matter of attention. It's where is your attention right. going? Right. And maybe you're in control of it. Maybe you're not in control of it, right. but your attention is going somewhere. And distraction is simply just your attention having been somewhere and going to something else. And we, and so if our attention is not with the person we're with, I hear so many sermons about, hey, you've got to be present to people. We need to stop getting mm-hmm. addicted to our screens. Right. We need right. to put those things away. Right. You know, like have real relationships. Jesus was a real person. <laughs> you know, they, right? These <laughs> yeah. Kind of things. Jesus was, he, so, he, like, he came to be with us. In the right. And so like, well, he, in an embodied way. So therefore yeah. we have to be incarnate as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So and, get rid of texting. And, and <laughs> I think there's like, I don't want to say validity, but I think there's I think there's a good like spirit behind some of what they're saying, mm-hmm. but I don't I think it does fail to account for some of the ways that uh Jesus was present and some of the ways we can think about presence um differently that that are still I think biblical. So, let's think about another example. All right, so say uh say I'm going into a coffee shop and it's Starbucks because oh, that's gosh. the only coffee shop on the planet. Okay. And I know what I'm going to get because like every Starbucks is the same. <laughs> and so there's a couple of people in front of me. So what do, what do I do? I'm like bored because I know what I'm going to get. And so I'm waiting. My pocket buzzes. So I pull up my phone. Yeah. Right. Of course. And it's my significant other. Okay. So we're te- so suddenly like we're texting you got the three dots in the bottom corner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I know she's texting me. So anyway, so we're there. I'm texting. More people line up behind me. I like shuffle forward. Oh, and then eventually, oh, I, I need to like stop texting. But like in that moment, I kind of lose track of the caffeine. I forget the smell of the coffee. I'm not really paying attention to the people around me, but I'm very present, or am I? Very present with this this person on the other end and like we're texting about something important or significant or maybe not so, so significant but like it's a connection with with her mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right and so you know in the same way that you are you know you're sitting with your buddy colin and having a conversation like and that's a significant connect point like i don't really know anybody in this starbucks so i'm going to connect with a person who i know who I have a relationship with and like that's important to me yeah you're standing next to a whole bunch of other people physically a bunch of bodies all right next to each other right always someone bumps you from behind right there's like a whole scenario of a room around you but you're present on your screen and you're but it's with the person that's in a yeah pile, uh, uh, the most important relationship that relationship right. would outrank any relationship in that room or right that space right? right so is it is it more important for me to be like physically present with these strangers or is it more important for me to be digitally present with someone who's not in that space but who i have a long-standing relationship with 
I think that's huge. And actually to complicate the story I just told you, after Cullen realized that he had uh, sort of messed with the attention, <laughs> he apologized and he said, actually, that was my wife and she really, I really needed to answer her on this. And so, which made it a lot easier. You know, right. I wish she had, you know, said something beforehand. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, all yeah. of a sudden I realized like, no, wait, that makes sense. That relationship's critical and it's important. And that complicates it, doesn't it? When we talk about presence and attention, mm-hmm. Who are we attending to? Who are our values? Who are our commitments? Like, mm-hmm. if we're like texting someone that's a close relationship, might be more important than being attending to the thing that's right in front of us. So I'm going to throw another uh, wrinkle in there. Um, so I know that there was some uh, research that was done around Starbucks and. So they, they assigned people to two groups. In, in one group, they said, we want you to get in and out as efficiently as possible. Okay. And then in the other group, they said, we want you to you know engage with the barista, blah, 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 um, before, before you leave. And then they asked people how connected they felt to the people in the space. Uh, and you can see where this is going, right? The most efficient you know, people getting in and out felt no like real connection to the people around them. But for the people who went in and like had an actual interaction with it, they felt more connected. They had a, 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 a more positive um, outlook on sort of civic social society. <laughs> okay. Wow. Right. So the, so the barista was probably friendly. Yeah. Uh, they exchanged a few things and then they, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and what's the content of that? I mean, like, there's different things that are happening when you even order with a stranger. Like, they're making like they probably teach. I've never done this, but they probably teach it in Starbucks employee training. Yeah. Right? Like, make eye contact. I'm gonna yeah, get, yeah, I'm yeah. literally guessing there's a training video that does this. Like, make <laughs> eye contact, say something friendly mm-hmm. or smile. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe comment on something for yes. the customer. Right. 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 All these things. Uh, and I'm sort of listing these things because aren't these some of the things that we do relationally to indicate that we're attending mm-hmm. to someone? Mm-hmm. Even if it's a little manufactured like that. But, right. But if, if, if we take the smartphone and we put the smartphone into that context, you know, I don't have that connection with people. And so my perception of like the gen, general like friendliness of the people around me actually might go down because I... I'm not paying attention to them in the first place. Oh, so that's that, interesting. so there's like just this other side of it of like how do we perceive what's going on around us just because our we're texting with our significant other that's great but on the other side like there's actually like a a social connection that needs to happen for society for civic friendliness to exist and and for that to be a positive experience overall even with strangers. Hmm. So my question for you is what in what ways is like texting like say you're texting significant other sit the similar to like interpersonal like face to face communication in what way is it different Some people talk about as face to face is the only real communication but mm-hmm. I think we're going to say and what we're trying to say is like wait text communication actually does include real communication but it's definitely different It is definitely different Um I mean I think it's a uh, I think it was a, a a good move for iPhone to add those three little dots. Um, Which indicates sort of like that someone else is typing. Yeah, it indicates that they're typing. And I, I kind of see it. It's like an indication that you're thinking. It's an indication of engagement. 
Right. So one thing is that we are able to notice when the other person is preparing a thought. You're like this. Yeah. When I'm with you face yeah, yeah, to face yeah. across the table. You're Sometimes like, all I can see are the three dots right now, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it when it reverses into real life. Uh-huh. Uh, but no, it's true because, I mean, uh, I think you would describe yourself as a little more introverted than mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Right. And so I talk, then think, and you usually think, then talk. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I notice... So and you're the, talking while I'm thinking. <laughs> right. And that in-person thing, I watch you. And then you, you're talking while I'm talking. I notice your face and and I know, oh, okay, he's thinking about yeah. that, which makes it, lets me sort of sit mm-hmm. contentedly because I want to know what you're going to say. Right. That's one of the things in-person communication can do. We can detect facial expressions yeah. for like state of mind. Yeah. But texting, like it mimics that a little bit. So there's the three yeah. dots. Yeah, um, but the te- the texting is really, I mean, it's a low amount of data that's coming across in the end because it's like you kind of just get like the final result of their two thumbs going at it on the. Yeah, that, that's screen. true. It could be lower resolution. You know, um, uh, McLuhan used to talk about. Sort I of, knew this was coming. <laughs> <laughs> what is hot and cold media? Which you know, I think I've always say is better determined like sort of high definition and low definition. Mm-hmm. Um, how engaged are you in creating what's going on in what you're perceiving? Well, yeah, how much it's about the reader. So if I'm the one reading the text message yeah. and I don't have a lot to go on, for instance, if I'm FaceTiming, that'd be like high definition. I can see a lot of detail. Yeah. I can see a full facial expression on a text yeah. message. I have these little cues. I have to fill in these gaps on this low definition media. What do I think the other person's thinking? What are they doing right now? Are they ignoring me right now or are they right. actually busy? Like, in, right, right. And um, I find myself a little more emotional sometimes texting with people that I have a closer relationship with because right. I'm guessing about their emotional state around yeah. me, right? Like yeah. they could have just it's not totally seen the text ambiguous. or they've seen the text, but they have to walk down the hall and do something at work. There's a lot of yeah. things, but I can start feeling emotions because I fill in the gaps, mm-hmm. right? I can't see. right. So that's right. another difference. It, it's relational, yeah. it's emotional, but I the, the reader has to fill in more gaps to, the, for the data isn't there. Yeah. I think another difference is... Um, I mean, like texting, like him with emoji to sort of make, show mood. So when first to face to face, yeah, we like we communicate mood with facial expressions, right? And what's interesting thing about emoji is I don't know whether people would agree with me on that. On this, I think emojis sometimes are a clearer mood indicator because they're sort of simple like i agree like the the face you know that one emoji with the smiley face that's just a flat line with the both <laughs> teeth showing like ooh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and we sort of it's really funny yeah. how human that we all sort of recognize that in human mm-hmm. faces but that sort of made it really clear mm-hmm. and i when i remember yeah. seeing that emoji and going oh wow everyone sort of does that face for that emotion <laughs> but i don't know if we could have named it until we got the emoji you know it's funny i i dislike the exclamation point for the most part. I use it once in a while, but it always yeah. feels a little contrived to me for, like, for, for my say, personality. What does it say to you? For my personality. It just says, I don't know, it can just, sometimes it can express anger and yeah, it yeah. isn't maybe, or it's like intensity that I don't intend, but I really do like emojis a lot more because I think they do convey a little bit more subtlety or nuance to kind of an emotional range of feelings um yeah yeah totally what's your favorite emoji adam oh that's a good question i mean i send a lot of heart eyes when i like when i get pictures of my niece and nephews um my sister and brother-in-law send and it's just (laughs) it's like i don't even have to i don't have to say anything i just send send heart eyes because it's like yep that's how i feel love these kids oh my gosh (laughs) what about you 
uh, my favorite one right now is the dancing disco guy with his <laughs> <laughs> in the air. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so like these emoji, all these things like indicate you know, presence on the, like and mood and they communicate relationally. Yeah. Right. One other one that I sort of really liked is there's this lab at Northwestern university called the collaboration lab. And they just researched this stuff and they did hmm. a lot of research on Google docs and how people interact there or on chats also like wh- how they are present to each other at work. Uh-huh. And one of the ideas they figured out was called shared gaze, uh, which is, how you know somebody else in real life is looking at something else, not you. Like, so like, mm, you know, mm-hmm. you ever like you're sitting yeah. with someone at coffee and they like look behind your shoulder, they're looking at something and they look at it enough that you turn around and uh-huh. also look at uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. Like it's a something that you, indi- you do together. So they figured out on screens, like programmers, maybe they're coding and someone's like looking at one part of the code. And even if they're talking to each other, like on a FaceTime or on voice, um, they don't know which part of the code they're looking at. So right. they put this little eye tracking thing on the on the monitor, and it actually show it. And then they, they it showed where the other person was looking at the code. So when someone was like, "Hey, um, can we wait? Go to one line down, or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, what if we change that variable or something?" The other person could see where that person was looking on their screen. It used a little highlighted color thing, which indi- which was really cool, right? It indicated mm-hmm. more presence. It was like this togetherness of like someone being able to see where someone's eyes were looking and then match that. <laughs> so the computer is tracking all this information for you. Well, no, it and was then, no, no, not really. Transmitting it's just, that data. It's to giving the other that person. data to the other person, just like texting. So like it by, tra- person, by tracking the eye movement. Oh yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. 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 Um, so just these things that mimic or indicate what it means to be present together. I think, uh, it's cool. Hmm. Yeah. I find it interesting the way that you have, we're, we're continuing to increase the number of little details, little differences of what presence means. And, and we're finding a way to like measure that or communicate that digitally and we're 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 finding all the like eye tracking and you know a shrug of the shoulders and a nod of the head and whatever it is and we're gonna we're gonna parse all those things out and then we're gonna find a way to transmit them via a data feed and that's what new digital that's what new media does right it takes human things that were often present i say this a lot and makes it puts it in a way where we now notice it more and we study it and we talk about it because that new medium makes us think about it more okay so i want to jump from the digital signs of presence okay to the theological signs of presence (laughs) okay like what does it mean because presence is a really important word when we talk uh biblically about god about god with us Mm, mm -hmm. yeah and i think about uh walking into church last saturday actually my church is a church plant and they're meeting on saturday nights not sunday but okay classic uh, classic church plant move and we do our worship songs and, uh, you know, we do the different th- the sermon and confession of sin and other things. And then mm-hmm. we get to the end of the service and every week we do communion. We do the right. Eucharist, okay, uh, the Lord's Supper, where um, the pastor, you know, holds up the bread and holds up the cup and says, this is the body of Christ for you. Mm-hmm. In our church, we go to the front. And so we sort of walk up to the front pastor gives me bread 
and I actually dip it in the cup mm-hmm. and then I eat that. And in the body and bread, the cup is the presence, mm-hmm. the presence of yeah. Christ. Right. And I'm not trying to make a, you know, the theological argument about how is it present or is it Catholic right. or transubstantiation, right. Right. but uh, almost all Christians say that in some ways that doing this in, indicates either remembers the presence of Christ yeah. or remembers the presence of Christ <laughs> or makes the grace of the presence of Christ or is yeah. the presence of Christ. Um, but isn't this interesting, Adam? Isn't the bread and the wine not the actual literal Jesus giving me a hug with arms. Okay. Because that that's the incarnated Jesus, and I believe Jesus still has a body, but he's mm-hmm. in heaven. Yeah. Uh, but isn't that the mediated presence of Christ, the very presence of Christ to me, but at a distance? It's real, it's yeah. there, but it's not the body, the the uh, the incarnated body of christ and isn't this just like text messaging so okay so you're you're <laughs> wait, wait. so so you're saying you're saying the eucharist communion is like the heart eyes emoji that jesus is sending us wow look at that is that what you're saying or or yeah. or is it more like the seventies disco dancer? <laughs> That's a, well, Maybe right. it's a little bit of both. Well, theologically, clearly both. Um, <laughs> it's a celebration and yeah. it's love. So yeah. bam, it's yeah. both. Yeah. Don't what do, don't you think that the Eucharist indicates the presence of Jesus? I mean, yeah, we do. We 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 look at the bread and the cup as whatever tradition you're in. I think we see it as. Uh, a symbol we see it as mediating uh, Jesus' presence, and we see it in some way being reflective of the reality of Jesus there, and we we receive it as such. Um, and I don't want to be trite, but now I might see dimly, but I will see face to face. Yeah, I think the Bible presents us a more complicated picture of what it means to be present than just. Jesus came and he was an incarnate person present with us in body and spirit. Therefore, we should also do the same. I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that, but I'm saying that the Bible presents a more complicated picture than just that. Right. Because Jesus also says, it is better for you that I go away so that the spirit can come. Ooh. And the spirit is also mediating the presence of Jesus into our lives on a daily basis. Media like digital media? Like <laughs> mediating. Yeah, we use these words, right? Yeah. yeah the spirit is mediating yeah. on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. This weekend, my mom asked me, uh, we were having a conversation and she's like, so what is technology? And I'm like, have have I been with you so long and we've never <laughs> talked about this? And and I, I use the term mediating and my mom immediately said, so is Jesus technology? Because he's the mediator. And I was like, yes, mom, I love you so much right now. I don't even care anything else. But you like, you get it. Like Jesus, uh, Jesus is mediating the presence of God. He came and he uh, mediated the presence of God. And now the spirit is doing it on a daily basis. And the, the Eucharist does it for us. Um, 
And so yeah, we use the word mediating uh, sometimes is technology will end up being dismissive. Well, that's just mediated and we have to do it for real. But mediating yeah. always indicates that both sides exist. Yeah. That there's a speaker and another, you know, two relationships and there's a mediating between there's something. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it actually affirms that relationship, not denies it. Yeah. And in some ways it, um, we could see the Eucharist also as, as those three dots as reflecting that Jesus is thinking about us, that Jesus is, um, speaking, reflecting on us, uh-huh. that Jesus is speaking, and we're waiting. We're waiting for that to be fully realized in some way. So i I want to I do want to go to a Bible passage though too, um, and and look at a couple of places where I think uh, the stories of Jesus can inform us and inform our thinking about this. So okay. Um, so if Jesus had a cell phone is basically the question that I want to answer. Like if Jesus had a cell phone, what would he do with it? So the, so the, <laughs> okay. you know, would he, would he take the text message in the, um, in the Starbucks or, you know, would he be, would he be completely present with those people? And I honestly don't know the answer, but here's, here's the first example. So, uh, Matthew 14 is the story. Uh, so Jesus, uh, gets the news that John the Baptist has been beheaded. So John's his cousin, and he probably, you know, grew up knowing John. So he's clearly distraught over this. Yeah, right. And so Jesus immediately uh, gets in a boat with his disciples and he's like, guys, we've got to get out of here. We need to go into the hills and pray. Hmm. Let's jump in the boat, cross the lake. He gets out on the other side and this famous story, he gets out and he, there's a crowd waiting for him on the other side hmm. and he has compassion on them. Hmm. And... He sees them in need and he provides food for them and he feeds the 5,000. Yeah. So then, then Matthew says, um, Jesus sends the disciples off in the boat. He sends the people off to the villages for the night and Jesus immediately goes up in the hills to pray. Okay. And the way I read the Matthew account, at least, is that here Jesus is with something deeply on his mind. His attention is elsewhere. Jesus has something he's planning to do. And when he gets to the other side of the lake, he's he's interrupted. It's like he gets a text message from a crowd of people oh, and they want his attention. Interesting. And Jesus doesn't say, oh, I'm going to ignore you right now. He says, okay, I'll, I'll attend to you right now. Huh. And w- we can read that one of two ways. We can read it as um, Jesus is present with the people who are in front of him. Right, which is right. a completely legitimate reading. Okay, right. We can also read it as Jesus gets interrupted from the thing he was planning to do. Right. The thing the thing that is on his mind, the thing that has his attention, the grieving over John and the grieving over John. Yeah. Um but he he instead he postpones that. He doesn't ignore it. He doesn't say, "Oh, I don't need to worry about that anymore." But he he chooses to maybe defer it and attend to these people first. He he chooses to you know, pick up his phone, look at the text message, and decide, am I going to respond to this right now? The interesting thing about the way you put that, the way it affects us maybe, is that you said there could be two different readings, you know? Yeah. Like one could be he attends to the interruption, the other one is he attends to the people in front of him. But what I hear you saying is that um, that he's actually making choices about what is valuable and important regardless in which way, which is like he's he's... 
Right. It's not automatically one or the other, perhaps. Right. It's like, wait, this is, it's almost like the Starbucks line example. If your spouse is texting you something important, maybe even if you were in a casual conversation with an acquaintance, say for a minute there or someone you ran into, you might right. need to reattend to the spouse and say, oh, I'm sorry, I got to do this. Yeah. And it sounds like Jesus is attending to the right thing in the right place. He's making decisions about that as he goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- I think the other the other story that comes to mind is he's, you know, in Luke 8, he's headed to Jairus's house. Jairus's daughter is um sick and dying and Jesus is like intent on getting there. He's surrounded by a crowd. But then this power goes out of him and he's yeah. like who touched me? Yeah. And and who touched me? They're like Jesus, you're crazy. Everybody's touching you. <laughs> right. They're all around you. And and Jesus is like, no, somebody touched me. I felt the power go out of me. And in some ways I think about that and I think, what did what did Jesus notice? I mean, he he was attentive to what was going on inside him, but he was aware of what was going on around him. And yet he was sensitive enough to recognize like someone touched me for a reason with 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 an intention. Um and he stops and he attends to that interruption. An interruption that I, th- like when I think about her, it, it says she touched the fringe of his robe because she thought, if I can just touch the fringe of his robe, I'll be clean. And I think the fringe of his robe, he was just aware of like a, a little vibration. It's almost like, <laughs> it's almost like a, a, a text message coming in. Uh, wow. Just, just subtle enough to notice it. Yeah. But like Jesus says, oh, I need to pay attention to that. Um, now, obviously, I think more was going on than that. But, but I think that was also going on. And Jesus... Again, he attends to the interruption um, because it's important, and he dignifies the woman with his attention, with his presence, and uh, makes her known in a deeper way than she would have been otherwise. This is so good because if I were listening to you, some people might wonder, why are you jumping to this concept of interruption? <laughs> like, mm, yeah. um, like, cause you're using these stories of interruption in Jesus's life, but these have to do with attention and presence. Mm-hmm. Like where mm-hmm. are we attending and what are we choosing to attend to? Yeah. Um, the, to jump over to communication scholar for a second. Um, uh, this guy, I mentioned this guy, Joshua Merowitz wrote this book called, um, no sense of place. Yeah. It was okay. back in the eighties, 1980s. And he, it was before, text, it was before text messaging, but he was starting to notice electric electronic media uh-huh. and sort of how we, it derails us. And he sort of talks about, he says, he sort of says, um, whether a palace or a tent, physical separations between people were also communications separations between people. Does that, so like if I if I'm if I'm in the house and you're on the other side of the house to go talk to you I have to walk over to you right okay does that you know what I'm yeah. saying like there's no other way to do that you know yeah, <laughs> yeah, prior yeah, electronic yeah. media and the quintessential ritual around that is um, like knocking on a door like if I walk up to the door oh, yeah. and we're like I would like to communicate with you I need to like physically touch the side of the room yeah. So you can, so you can know I'm present, I'm physically there and then we can have a communication. And then he starts noticing electronic communication busts down those things because you can, you're like your ghost floating through walls. You Mm -hmm. can, you don't need to knock or that. It's, it's the phone ringing. It's like, Hey, I'm here. Yeah. Hey, I'm here. Yeah. I need your attention right now. Or the little, the little, the little touch. But the reason why I bring that up is because, um, electronic or did then, for him, electronic media and then later digital media, what we're talking about, text uh-huh. messaging, smartphone kind of stuff, 
um, that really has forced us to think about how do we deal with interruption and communication in relationships that isn't just physically present. The examples that you brought up with Jesus yeah. are physically present examples. The woman reaches out for his robe, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, or the crowd is there feeding in front of him. But it doesn't mean we can't learn from those. Right. He's doing he's managing presence and attention in the physicality, mm-hmm. but we can learn in the non-physicality how Jesus managed that attention. Yeah. Yeah. It it helps me kind of realize like our experiences aren't unprecedented. That even yeah. Jesus was experiencing some level of this, maybe in a different um, intensity and maybe in a different sort of spatiality, but it, he's still experiencing this this interruption in the same way that we experience. So we've really, yeah, kind of, we've covered really the two things we, we talked about in the beginning. There's attention and there's presence and being present with someone involves our attention and it involves more than just our body it's also about uh, the spirit and the attention that we give to people and and if anything i think jesus sort of leads us in the direction of recognizing both of those things when to do which yeah that's really good spiritually adam which is why i'm thinking that i just want to Jump back over to vice and virtue. (laughs) And here's my vice or virtue for the day on texting. Vice or virtue, Adam, read receipts. (laughs) Read receipts. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. You know, on your phone where you have the switch where you like, it lets the other person know whether or not you've read that message and like sort of like what time. Yeah. My dad just got his first iPhone and he, he didn't, he doesn't know about red receipts, but his are on. I, I think they're on by default. I, you have yours turned off. They're on by default. Come on. Mm, Default. Yeah. So the other person can see information about that. Right. Yeah. But, but then it puts pressure on me to respond right away or to not read, (laughs) read it until I'm ready. I think the ambiguity is better than knowing, oh, they read it and they didn't respond. If it's like a significant deal. If it's not a significant deal, if it's not a significant deal, then it doesn't matter. Like, what does the red receipt do? It gives it gives the other person like some sense of control, but then they're just like worried about it. Vice. It's to- it's totally vice. <laughs> okay. So much hypocrisy here since you were talking <laughs> earlier about how you like the three dots when someone's writing, but you don't like when someone's understood or heard what you said. Dude, so, red receipt does not mean red or it doesn't mean understood or heard at all. Well, it means, I mean, at least some it, basic of heard, right? Because someone's seen it as opposed to not seen it. And then they've it, opened it. They've and opened then they it, right? It. Uh, I like mine on. I think... Uh, That's because you're a more transparent person than I am. Yeah, and I think like... I mean, it, there's occasional times when I do think... Um, and there, to be honest, you can turn this off per person. Oh, And so I have actually occasionally turned it off for a specific person. But most of the time I leave mm. them on because, you know, I, I read it. Sometimes I still don't respond for a few hours because I need to think about it or I'm mm-hmm. busy. But that's how life works on these things. And so I want that other person to know you know, that I've seen it or at the very least want to be transparent. So I think it's a virtue. All right. Well, you're wrong. (laughs) Well, um, at least that'll continue uh, our (laughs) podcast because it's pretty much built on you being right and me being wrong or or vice versa. No, no, it's it's the one way. (laughs) Well, um, I'll text you for the next time uh, that we'll be getting together to record. (laughs) 
All right. But I, and you won't know if I read it or not. That's, so. <laughs> that's true. I won't. <laughs> but a uh, uh, good conversation on texting and presence. Thanks, uh, Chris. I'll see you next time, Adam. Hey, let's keep the conversation going. I think it's an argument. Okay. Tweet to us at Device Virtue. And for links and show notes, check us out at deviceandvirtue.com. And do leave us some love by rating us on iTunes. Yeah, please do. This episode was brought to you in part by the Lord of Spirits podcast. Many Christians yearn to break free of the influence of secular materialism and to understand the union of the seen and unseen worlds as made by God. What is the spiritual world like? Tune in wherever you get your podcasts.